2: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher
3: on vSin.
4: Good. No, it's a great morning as we welcome you in. It is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is vSin, the sports betting network. Look, my man's smiling already. He's back on his throne at the Borgata. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles, and we head from one coast to the other. Michael Lombardi back home at the Borgata. Good morning, Michael.
3: Good morning, Patrick. Yes, it's great to be back here at the Borgata, the Vet MGM property here in Atlantic City. Got a triathlon going out there in Atlantic City. Wonderful day. Per- picture perfect day. Chamber of Commerce day down here. No humidity. Cool. Uh, great college football Saturday kicking off with the Crimson Tide and Texas. We'll see how that works out. But it's a great day. Good to be with you too, Patrick. Thank you buddy.
4: Appreciate it. Week 1 delivered Michael high scores, upsets, the big 3, two emphatic wins. Alabama, of course, Georgia was just spectacular. Ohio State left some questions to be answered. It's funny, we're talking about you just mentioned it, Athens today. That's the headliner. The headliner features a team that's favored by 21 and a half points. That's Saban
3: and Bama. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, Darrell Royal must be just wondering, like, what is going on? How can we be three touchdowns behind anybody? And, you know, the line, and, and nobody's giving it up. We talked about this before the show when the show, when we were getting ready to get started. I mean, all the money, 90% of the tickets, yes. 85% of the tickets, 90% of the money is coming in. They finally moved the number. Some are at 21 and a half, some are 21. I mean, you know, this Alabama team is just, we're, it's so good. I mean, Utah State didn't even threaten to score last week, and they were playing backup. So it's going to be a challenge for Texas to see what they can do with their young quarterback and their team that, you know, Sarkeesian believes he's turned the corner. We're going to find out today how that corner looks.
4: Steve Sarkeesian has very much not turned the corner at Texas we'll get to him in a little bit here but I will tell we'll you get this. To good him job in a on it yeah, <laughs> yeah good, good job on the number and when I woke up this morning what four o'clock uh, w- Pacific time it was 20 and a half we have gone through the key number of 21 at a couple of shops Alabama Lane it one thing I will say is and Stephen Bond and I were talking before the show you know it's fascinating when you think about not just Saban and Alabama but when you look at Texas At once elite program, like if you're my age, 44, your age, you think of Texas, you think of an elite program, they have one 10-win year in the last 12 seasons, Michael. I mean, this is a team, this is a, 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 you know, a a, a university that was, they haven't won a conference championship since 2009, last national championship, you remember, Vince Young in 2005, like this has been, ever since your boy Mac left, this has
3: been a slog. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, too, though, Patrick, is this perception. And we know Texas high school football is really good. We get that. We understand it. And they get the creme de la creme of the Texas football players. But... What happens is, and if you talk to Charlie Strong or anybody who's been through there, what happens is a lot of these kids are entitled. They're hard to coach. They've kind of been five stars, been recruited, and there's not a sense of toughness. I mean, they're going to walk into the Southeast Conference and they're going to get punched in the nose. And as Mike Tyson eloquently said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the nose. I don't know what Texas plan is going to be. Sark's an offensive guy. Sark's, as, when you watch Sark's offense, look. Has there ever been a, a coach who's had better jobs in his career that's never <laughs> Dude, won? He's, that he has I the mean, best piece. Let's, let's just put it on the he, table. Come right? on. Be fair.
4: You, please, Michael, the floor is yours. I mean, come on. Are you kidding with
3: this I guy? I mean, come on. The guy starts out at Washington, an elite job, goes to SC, an elite job, loses both those jobs, right? I mean, the Washington job, he didn't win it. I mean, he didn't really, and he didn't leave it in good shape. Then he went to SC. That was a disaster. And now he's at Texas, and everybody talks about him like this. Oh, my God, he's the greatest coach of all time. What a play caller. He's sensational. Get out of here, please. I mean, when I was at the Raiders in in, in North Turner's first year, we hired him as the quarterback coach. I mean, Al Davis used to complain all the time about his drills, and then Al Davis wanted to hire him three years later. That's a whole documentary we can't get to right now. But anyway, so the point here, what I'm trying to say is, like, show me something. I haven't seen it. You know, they talk about his great play call. It's day one West Coast offense. I mean, Nick Saban's not over there saying, oh, my God, what's he going to do? I don't know. I can't handle Like, Nick, kinda, Nick knows. Nick's going to have a plan. He's going to adjust it. I, you know, I'm not saying Nick's going to cover. I don't know. I've got to think this through. But to me, when you're talking about coaches, when you're talking about elite coaches, you can't put Sark in the elite coach category.
4: Look, I'm never going to belittle substance abuse, but outside of the substance abuse, his time at USC was a disaster. He gets a second chance at Texas. This is an opportunity for Texas and Sark to get back in the national spotlight. Remember, last year they stumbled to a 5-7 and seven record. They lost to Kansas last year. Texas yeah. with Texas players Can- and Texas recruits lost to Kansas. Are you kidding me?
3: I mean, come on now. You know, and they got a great running back, and now they have this young quarterback, and they're supposed to be this offensive juggernaut. But are they tough enough? I think it's a lack of toughness. I think, to me, when you hire an offensive coach who doesn't understand how to coach three elements of the team, I think you don't have enough toughness. And we're going to find out. I mean, this Texas defense, Patrick, I mean, seriously, they're going to have trouble in the southeast, Southwest. I mean, I call them the Southwest. The Big 12. They're going to have trouble in the Big 12. Because I yeah, mean, they're I mean, not they very gave, good. And, they were 93rd in scoring D last year. There are a lot of upperclassmen.
4: They were 93rd in scoring defense last year. They were 100th in opponents' yards per play. Again, Texas moving to the SEC in 2025, potentially 2024. But this is interesting as well, because I wanted to start with Nick Saban today. This is going to be a Saban revenge tour, not just as far as the team. He called last year rebuilding year, as we talked about. But remember, last year he had won 24 straight against former assistants, and then he lost two. Remember, Jimbo and then in the national championship game to Kirby. So... Here we go with Nick Saban. And uh, kind of a different place to start, Michael. But, you know, it's interesting. If you're 25 years old, you think of Nick Saban and you think of the greatest college football coach of all time. And the conversation starts and ends with two names, Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. But what I found fascinating thinking about him, not just the seven national championships, but you know Nick Saban. I went to Michigan State games when he struggled as the Michigan State head coach, right? You know him from Cleveland and working with Belichick. I mean, this has been a bit of a grind to get to where he is
3: now, which is Undoubtedly the greatest of all time. No doubt. And look, the guy is a relentless worker. You know, humble beginnings in West Virginia, worked at his father's gas station. You know, he's really smart, really smart. And he's really curious. And so he's a very adaptable. And Belichick and him are almost complete opposites. You know, Belichick is very much about let's stay, let's let's make it simple, let's let's handle it, let's let's be able to not be so check related. And then Nick is very cerebral in terms of, I want to be able to be in the right defense all the time. So, But the two of them, their partnership is unique in the sense that they both come from extreme right and left wings, if you will. right? And yet they find a common ground. And each has helped the other move themselves to a certain place. And what he's built there at at Alabama has been sensational. Because remember, before he went there, Alabama was a remember when school. Remember when Mm -hmm. we were good? Remember when we were good? Texas is a remember right. when school now. You know, remember when we were good and Texas went outside, Alabama went outside their circle and they hired Nick and Nick comes in and, and Nick's done a great job of recruiting, evaluating, and then being adaptable to what he needs to do offensively and defensively.
4: What's fascinating to me, and again, I was there in East Lansing, in person, watching those games, and he was kind of finding his footing as a head coach at Michigan State. Remember, failed at Miami the two seasons, which were lackluster, moves on to LSU, national championship, has picked up six more at Alabama, and he's the GOAT. But I was looking it up earlier. I was like, wait, how old is Nick Saban? He's 70 years old. What What interests me about you, Belichick, and Saban is you're doing two podcasts with the GM Shuffle now. You're writing exclusive articles for VEASAN pros at VEASAN.com. You're doing this six days a week. Those in the football game are just ride or die. You know what I mean? Like, he's 70 years old, and it doesn't look like he's quitting. You keep going. Belichick keeps going. It's just nonstop.
3: Well, I think it's, he loves the process. I mean, you know, the guy doesn't even use a computer. If I text him, he's not texting me back. I, I get Linda Leone, his secretary, who was with us in Cleveland, she texts you back. Because he doesn't even know how to text back. He knows how to read a text. He doesn't know how to write a text. I mean – and so but yet he still does you know he's still going to have that ballpoint pen and the legal pad and write out the game plan. I mean I could still see him doing it in Cleveland and he loves the game. He loves football. He loves the challenge. He loves the strategy. He loves setting up a team and building a team and he's done a remarkable job there and you know what he's able to accomplish because college is perfect for Nick. Nick is very emotional, as we see him on the sideline. Nick can wear on you, and, gr- and graduation's a good thing sometimes. And in the NFL, there's no graduation. There's free agency, but there's no graduation. And so it's probably a better game for him in college than it is the pro. Although I think, really, at the end of the day, he would have won at Miami. But he, once the Drew Brees failed his physical and the yeah. doctors ran the team instead of him, then that's when he was leaving town.
4: Even Nick Saban needs a quarterback. And by the way, he's got a quarterback. We'll come back and cap the game. But Bryce Young, you know, he's kind of fascinating to watch. He won the Heisman last year. He's sinewy, right? He's skinny. But the way he moves is almost it's kind of poetic, right? He's really calm in the pocket. He can run the football. Obviously, he's got a tremendous arm. He's going to have to bulk up a little bit at the next level. But this
3: is a tremendous quarterback. You know, he's instinctively tremendous. You know, he is unimpressive when you see him. When you see him in those Heisman commercials, you're like, are you serious? Like, you're worried about this size. I mean, in our grading system in Cleveland and in New England now, he's going to have a hard time becoming a, a giving a first-round grade on him because of his size. You know, that size is, is going to be affected in the pro football. Now, there's ways around it. Obviously, if he becomes, if he's a lead in certain areas, which I don't know if he is, but he's got that, that instinct. When his mother lifted him from the crib, he was a quarterback. He knows he's got rhythm. He's got a sense of timing. And he understands how to move in the pocket to create those passing lanes, much like Drew Brees did, to throw the ball. So, and I think Billy O'Brien has done a really nice job with them. You know, they don't lose sight of the run game. They still run it. They want to control the clock. They do the things that you have to do to play a three-dimensional game to win.
4: By the way, it's going to be high 80s. It's going to be 90 percent humidity. Hot, early hot. kickoff in Athens. We'll come back and properly cap Alabama at Texas. Of course, week two college football. A good matchup: Kentucky, Florida. You've got also yeah. Michael Lombardi. How about the Johnny Majors Classic? Tennessee. Oh at Pitt? yeah, we've Pitt. got plenty. My man to Corey's do.
3: coming down to watch it. Yeah, I got it. I got guests <laughs> out there on the patio today just to watch the Pitt-Tennessee t- game. Oh, I love it.
4: I'm sure it's going to be lit at. Casa de Lombardi today. We come back, we got Matt Eumanns, Jick Jack, and of course, uh, Thomas Gable's going to
0: join. We're just getting started here on the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
3: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, it's horse racing. Nobody does it better than ExpressBet. And here are the plays from analyst Jeff Siegel, both at Del Mar. In the first, Jeff likes the six-horse, multi-platinum on top at 3-1. to In the sixth race, Jeff has the four-horse, Speedboat Beach, on top at 5-2. to Get $10 free to bet when you sign up for FirstBet, VSEN's preferred horse racing app. Use the code code HORSE200 for 10 bucks free immediately, and then you get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $200. It's a great deal, wagering at over 300 tracks, AI-assisted picks. The First Bet app is the easiest way to get down on your favorite sport. Go to vsun.com slash horses for details for this exclusive offer. That's vsun.com slash horses. As we welcome you back, we ease into week two college football. Matt Humans is going to join coming up in just a little bit, which we look forward to live there at the Circa. Michael Lombardi live there at the Borgata in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Just quickly wanted to follow up and then we'll move on to a great matchup today. Kentucky, Florida down in Gainesville. Billy Napier with the awesome upset of Utah to kick off his coaching campaign there down in Gainesville. Just let's follow up and get an official play for from you. So just quickly, so better should note that these numbers as far as college football dropped in the spring. So back in May, I I don't know if you know this, Michael, but Alabama opened a 14 and a half point favorite at Texas. Immediately, professional betters jumped all over it, pushed that number up where it sits now is 21 we got a couple of shops at 21 and a half I mentioned it's going to be hot it's going to be muggy this is an early kick Alabama Texas let's go ahead and get your official play I got 21 21 and a half on the side and the total sitting 64 off the 61 and a half opener
3: you know, I, I think it's a lot of points. I, I think the 14, what the professionals saw was how bad Texas defense was last year. And that was just too much. And as it continues to, once it gets over three touchdowns, I think you've got to strongly consider Texas. I don't think Texas is going to win the game. But the heat and humidity, the, the lack of, of being able to, what happens in the fourth quarter, I, I think it will certainly become a harder game to cover for Alabama once you get down there because Texas does have some offensive skill. I lean right now, Patrick. It's not official play for me, but I would lean towards taking Texas if it's over 21. I like Alabama under 21.
4: Okay, we can get that on the way out as well. I will say this: it's interesting. Sabin, and this is from our buddy Chris Felica, the Bear. Saban favored by at least twenty on the road, twenty-six times at Alabama. He's twenty-six and zero straight up. He's eighteen and eight ATS. So he gets it done both straight up and against the number. As far as Sabin's concerned, and just a yeah, quick thought I, I, on what they did. I, to, I think that's a
3: great point. I mean, like Nick's not Nick. You don't upset Nick when he's a twenty-point favorite. Like that—that's that, not going to happen. You know, so, you know, and then the money lines at 20 is ridiculous to spend. But to me, you know, this is going to come down to the fourth quarter and a backdoor cover potential because of the heat and humidity. That's my only hesitation, particularly with three touchdowns. I know we scoffed in week one when Alabama put the beat down
4: on Utah State, 55-0. Remember, Utah State did win 11 games last year. <laughs> this was yeah. an
3: FBS school that but they won 11 so many games guys. last year. And, and, I, know, and I that, know, I know. That line opened up at 38, which was the wrong number. We said it from the beginning, and it got up to 542, and it was still a good number. You know, this Alabama defense is so hard to move the football on, and Nick's scheme is really difficult. I know Sarkeesian thinks he'll know what to do, but Nick will attack those protections. And this young quarterback is going to have a hard time understanding it.
4: Most impressive part about Bama beating Utah State fifty-five nothing, fifty-five points scored in the first thirty-five minutes. Do you like balance, Michael Lombardi? They pass for two eighty-one, they rush for two seventy-eight. I mean, that's perfection if you're a head coach, right? Yeah.
3: And they didn't, and they didn't play all their guys. I mean, they didn't play all their guys. So, like, it wasn't like they were running up the score here. They just they got the work they needed. They got the process. They have a standard that they have to reach themselves. They were playing Alabama really last week.
4: A breathtaking performance from Anthony Richardson, Gainesville. I mentioned My the man. upset of Utah. My Your man. boy Anthony Richardson. So let's talk about it. Mark Stoops has done a hell of a job with this Kentucky program. As our buddy uh, Stephen Bond was just pointing out, you know he's really turned this program around as far as Florida and Kentucky. At one point, Florida had a winning streak of 30 games, so 30 straight wins against Kentucky, and it's kind of flipped. Kentucky beat Florida last year, 20 to 13. Now they head to the swamp in Gainesville. I'm gonna set you up on the number then we could talk about some of the storylines here. Florida open six they're laying six a couple of shops went to six and a half and the total open 52 Uh, it's still sitting 52 so
3: this number really hasn't budged. No and, and you know look this Kentucky defense is good I think Stoops does a really good job and Will Lewis the quarterback has come in from Penn State. Did Penn State keep the right quarterback? I think that's a fair question to ask. Will Lewis better than Sean Clifford? It looks like it on tape when I watch the games. Kentucky's offense is is better than we think it's been. They throw the ball more effectively. They've got some really good young receivers. they got this five-star kid from, uh, from their home state, Key, that came in and has been really good. Their offensive line's experienced. I think it's a hard game for Florida. I think Florida, the emotional, playing it all out there last week, there's a residual effect when you play Utah. I really feel that way. There's a residual effect when you play physical teams. I like, I like Kentucky and taking the points here. I really do. I think Kentucky is a good team. They're led by their defense, and they're enough offense to give Florida some trouble.
4: We should talk about what Napier did in his debut because I thought it was going to take a year. He's done a hell of a job recruiting, but they really showed some metal. I mean, that was an interesting – Utah led that game four times and to come yeah. back every single time, and obviously what Anthony Richardson did was incredible, kind of really thrusting himself into the national spotlight. But what I found fascinating as I was pouring through the game this morning, it's like, you know, they were down four times in that game. This is a young Florida team. That was a really impressive come-from-behind victory.
3: Yeah, and I think obviously playing at home helps. But Richardson, to me, is going to be what we're going to see moving forward, whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's Josh Allen. These big guys, I mean, and this kid's a big kid. I mean, look at him. I mean, he's he's young. I mean, he's young. And he's hard to tackle now. He is really hard to tackle. And Napier does a really good job. And I think what we're going to start to see more is this I, I gotta come up with a term for it, Patrick, because it's the it's not the single wing, because the single wing was, you know, the quarterback. It's a single wing kind of different single wing where the focus of the offense is really centered around what the quarterback does with his legs and then with his arm in that passing game. So and Napier I think is outstanding as a coach. Stoops though is a really good defensive coach and I and I think he's gonna no understand he's look, that tape tells you we gotta take Anthony Richardson out of the game and force somebody else to beat us. Can we? Playing at home does favor for but I think six is too many points, Patrick. I Six and a half yeah. is too many points. Uh, I think I tend to agree. Two pros under center. You mentioned Will Levis, of course, and then Anthony
4: Richardson. What's interesting about Stoops, and then we can get back to the capping, you know, he's got 60 wins there at Kentucky. You know who that's tied with all time in school history? Bear Bryant. Yeah, and
3: remember, Bear left, I wrote about this in the book, Uh, Bear left Kentucky because in in the middle of the night to go to A&M because he just felt like Kentucky was a hard state to recruit. Not enough really good high school players in the state. When you go north, you're fighting Ohio State. When you go south, you're fighting the Tennessee Volunteers. Like, where do you go get players? You know, where do you do it? And I think that you've got to give Stoops credit, not only for his coaching, but for his ability to recruit. And Fine talent. I think he's done a really good job there. I'm surprised he stayed this long, but I think it's, you know, if you've ever been to Lexington, it's a, it's a really wonderful place, and they've got this football program competing at a high level, which they never had before.
4: If you like Stoops, the dog is 4 and one ATS last five meetings between Kentucky and Florida. The under, you just mentioned that Wildcat defense, which is tremendous under Stoops. The under is 23-11, the last 34 in conference for Kentucky. It is, you know, if do you remember the name uh, Rich Brooks? Rich oh, yeah. Brooks at Kentucky? He actually won some football games at Kentucky. In between that, nothing really happened, and Mark Stoops has kind of brought that program back to life.
3: No doubt. No doubt. And it's a great program, and it's a great school. It's a basketball school. But I think that's nonsense anymore. I think all schools are whatever you want them to be because you can fix it. You know, back in the day, well, UCLA's a basketball. No, that's not true. They're, they're all – you can make it what you want to make it. And if you want the pro football program – because let's face it, the football program's got to carry everybody because that's where the money is, as we've seen here by this conference realignment.
4: You know, one thing I'm looking at here as far as the total, uh, uh, the 50-52 now a couple of shops are showing for Kentucky and Florida. I, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to get to that number. I think that seems a little high. The average yeah. over the last five seasons between these two, a little half, 45. 52 does feel a little high for this rivalry. And I am yeah, calling it, it a hard. rivalry because
3: over the last five seasons it's turned into that. It, it, and they've always been close games. Even when Kentucky wasn't good, they've always been close games. I mean, it's always come down to a play here or a play there. When Kentucky was so bad on offense that if Kentucky had any offense, and when Florida was really good, I think this is – I don't want to – it is a rivalry. I know they don't – the states are so far apart, but there's a sense of a rivalry here at this game, and Kentucky rises to play. I mean, it goes back. I, I think it'll be a hell of a game. I can't wait to watch it tonight on the patio. We're
4: talking the situational of... – Okay, well, are you in control of the TV, or is it Berman, or is it Millie? I'm in control of nothing. I'm in control of nothing, as you know, Patrick. You know. Well, I'm I do. Well, one thing I do know is you put that little chef's hat on and the and the and the bib, and you were cooking pizzas the last <laughs> I, time. No.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, I can do that. No, I'm, I'm a worker. You know, I'm a worker. I just follow orders. You know.
4: S- situational betting is something new bettors. You can find all about it with the Pro Tools when you become a VEASAN pro. Situational betting, whether it's scheduling, look-ahead spots, game time, weather, you know, situation, tough scheduling opportunities for teams. Is this a tough situational spot for Napier to get his team fired back up after yeah. upsetting a top-10 team in Utah last week?
3: I think it really is, and I think it's going to be a tough spot. Heat and humidity, 7 o'clock at night. That's going to wear on you a little bit, trying to bounce back. Kentucky's going to go through the same thing. Depth's going to be really important. I don't know how good Florida depth is in this game.
4: Coming up next, another top 25 matchup, the Johnny Majors classic, Tennessee Pitt Lombardi line.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, it's new and improved here at VSIN. When you become a VSIN pro, for example, Michael Lombardi wrote his seven rules for betting week one NFL games. It's an awesome article. You have to be a VSIN pro to get that article from Michael and the rest of them. So make sure you go sign up right now. It's slash subscribe. You get our daily picks at a glance. You get 24 7 video. You get season prep. The pro tools and pro tips so make sure you check it out it's $175 remember that's going to go up you get everything we offer through the Super Bowl for $175 it's a great deal college football betting guides 350 digital pages the NFL betting guide 110 pages you get the pro tips you get everything we offer for 175 bucks. go to Veasan.com/slash subscribe and become a visON pro become part of the team now part of that we just mentioned pro tips you get 20 a day here on not just the Lombardi line, as we welcome you back. Hope you're having a nice weekend or start to your weekend. Michael Lombardi there in New Jersey at Atlantic City. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Don't forget Nesson, Marquis, Vison. We're going to be back for a proper... Kickoff to the NFL season tomorrow on 9-11. We look forward to that. I just wanted to bring this up for a pro tip, Michael Lombardi, and and get your thoughts on it. In betting, it's called situational betting, whether it's a quandary as far as scheduling, game time. What I like to call it for new bettors is a tricky spot for a team. So let's highlight Mm -hmm. a tricky spot or a situation that could be tough For Mississippi State today, so they head to Arizona. Now, again, this number opened Mississippi State eight and a half. It's been bet up to eleven at a few shops. Mississippi State Arizona is very interesting because. You know, Starkville last week, they got revenge over Memphis uh, and the loss last year. If you look ahead, and this is the situation, if you look ahead for Mississippi State, they open up in conference against LSU next week. They're traveling west. It's going to be a weird 11 p.m. Eastern start time for the Mississippi State kids. And, by the way, they're taking on an Arizona team that you know very intimately, you were there this summer, that is getting better. They just won on the road at San Diego State. Uh, Under Jed Fish. So, again, an improving Arizona team, the time of the kickoff, going west, the look-ahead spot, Mississippi State and LSU opening up in conference next week. This is a situational spot where I fade Mississippi State.
3: Yeah, and the betting public hasn't. I mean, the line has moved towards Mississippi State, away from Arizona, which can Arizona handle winning? Can they handle success? I think that's going to be Jed's biggest challenge this week. But you're right. This tip that you're giving is perfect because even when you're in the league, this is a worrisome spot. You know, you've got to play. You open it up. You think your kids are just going to go out there. They've heard everybody at Mississippi State's heard, we're playing a Pac-12 school. They're no, It's a pushover, right? We'll go out there. We'll kick their butts. We'll that's come right. home. Slow down, it's gonna be a harder game than that. And the focus tends to shift on LSU, not on Arizona. And when you get teams that don't focus, because of the scheduling, because of what you're talking about, it becomes a challenge for a coach. It becomes a hard game. And when the game gets hard, when a game gets tough, in the third and fourth quarter, it becomes hard to get the, coach, the players to rally around. And I'm not saying Mississippi State's not going to win, but 11's a lot of points, especially for a team that has a good quarterback and they've got a lot of good skill players. Arizona has to be able to stay physically within the game because they're going to get mismatched a little bit physically by the Southeast Conference team. That's the key for them. Again, Mississippi State is laying
4: 11, but look at the whole picture when talking about situational betting. This is the VEASAN pro tip. What happened last week, revenge over Memphis. What's coming up next week, Michael? LSU conference opener for the Mississippi State kids. They're kicking off at 11 p.m., their time and their body clock. That's a tough spot for Mississippi State. Not saying they're not going to yeah. win, but again, laying 11 is a lot on the road against an improving
3: Arizona team. Uh, and I think the Kentucky game is also situational. I mean, Florida spilled their guts on the field against Utah. They had, I mean, so it was an emotional win. It was a great win. They're a young team. Billy Napier celebrated. They go in. And now all of a sudden on Monday, he's got to get them refocused again. That's a hard thing to do. And now they get Kentucky coming in, who, you know, everybody now, Kentucky's sitting there telling their players, hey, they, they, they respect us so little. We're, we're a touchdown dog to this team. You know, what have we done to, that, they, that, that we make them so bad? And I think that situation is a hard one for Florida. That's why I think you have to look at that as, uh, as it relates to the number, too.
4: We made Stephen Bond's life easier with an early pro tip in the hour. You can go become a VEASAN pro, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Also part of the Lombardi line weekend team this year is Elliot Bauman. He mentioned, and I want to just circle back quickly on Alabama and Texas. He mentioned that Saban tends to take the foot off the gas against former assistants in the second half. New bettors need to understand what Alabama has done over the past 2 seasons in the first half. Michael Lombardi, today they are laying 14 at BetMGM in Athens at Texas in the first half. Betting on Alabama in the first half has become extremely popular. The tighter 19-6 and 1 against the spread in the first half the past 2 seasons. Again, a couple of shops are showing 13 and a half, that's key, but right now
3: we've got 14 with Bama laying it in the first half at Texas. Yeah, I mean, that's Bama's thing, right? I mean, look, everybody, the old Bama, let's establish the run. The new football today has nothing to do with establishing the run. It has everything to do with establishing the lead. That's the most critical component of all of football, and it allows you to play a game a different way. It allows you to force something to go on with it. For example, Alabama jumps out 14-0. They are up at halftime 14-0. Now, Texas to get back in the game it's more drop back pass it's more challenging protections can we block them it opens up it opens up Nick's play sheet defensively it cuts down Sark's play sheet offensively that's why everybody confuses the west coast offense with plays and that's the magic of of Bill Walsh it was plays but it was a philosophy we're going to get the lead by throwing We're going to get the lead by throwing and make them have to play a different game. And I think that's what Alabama does really well. That's why that first half is always clicking for them.
4: Little surprise as we head to the Johnny Majors Classic. They played a great game, Tennessee and Pittsburgh in Knoxville last year with Pitt beating uh, Tennessee 41-34. Little surprise with this number. Tennessee on the road open 5, but also situation. Remember backyard brawl last week. Pitt a late game win against a rival in West Virginia as they kind of rekindled that rivalry. That was an emotional game. It was There was a lot of energy at Heinz Field for that one. Tennessee has been bet up to 6. Listen, Josh Heupel, Hendon Hookers is a very very good quarterback but Josh Heupel the expectations for Tennessee as he kind of rebuilds a storied program as we talked about Texas. Expectations for Tennessee this year are sky high
3: Michael they really are and i like what josh heupel's doing i mean he's very aggressive he's an offensive play caller he plays with great tempo you know and the hooker kid has played really well for them at quarterback and they've got skill players and he knows how to attack a team i was disappointed in pitt last week not being able to really show west virginia you know they that was ended up being a push depending on where you got that line you know pitt's defense i was Thinking they would be in control of the West Virginia game, and it wasn't. It really wasn't that case. This is going to be a huge, huge challenge for, for Pitt to me to go in there, uh, and I, I think it's going to have to, Pitt's going to have to rely on their offense. Slayton, Caden Slavin, Slovis is going to have to really play his best game in a very tough place to play.
4: Slovis didn't play great last week. As you mentioned, I thought the defense was underwhelming from Pitt. They have a tremendously deep defensive front, which is not a surprise for Pitt. But Tennessee wants a shootout here. Let's make no bones about it. Tennessee wants a shootout. Pitt wants to slow you down with
3: that new offense and that defensive front. Yeah, and and I think when you look at it, it, it's going to come down to what helps a quarterback more than anything is when the defensive line gets tired. And heat, humidity in Nashville or Knoxville is going to be challenging today, right? And so, you know, this helps. This all plays. And when they play as fast as they do at Tennessee, it wears you down. It's going to wear you down. I think the Vols are back. I really do. I think the Hypo has been a really good hire coming off of the last two coaches that they've had there. You know, especially Jeremy uh, I got the Jeremy Pruitt. Thank you, Patrick. You know, especially coming off of all the things that happened, Tennessee's a great, great football school. And I think now they finally have a head coach that understands how to play and play it within a Southeast Conference mentality with some physicality.
4: Yeah, Cedric Tillman, the wide receiver, is a pro. Also, 10 players caught passes in the 59-10 beatdown of Ball State. I think Heupel was the right hire there. And, again, there's a couple of programs, as you call them, remember when that we're talking about today, Texas. As a 44 year old dude growing up no bigger program than tennessee i mean that tennessee was elite
3: yeah i mean and johnny majors i mean nobody report you know this generation doesn't remember johnny majors the former player at tennessee former coach at pitt the former head coach at tennessee where he was competing for national titles and i think he made one one some i mean that that program I mean, they didn't get Peyton Manning to come out of New Orleans because they were a low-level program. Like, Peyton didn't go there to rejuvenate the program. Peyton went there because they were a really great program. And that's always been the case, whether it's been Reggie White or Peyton Manning. I mean, think about it. They've had two of the greatest NFL players in the history in their program.
4: Some weird coaching hires over the past few years. It seems well, like ego, they've got
3: ego. Ego, e- you know, it's all been ego. It's all been, you know, who's the king of the Tennessee football program? You know, and Philip Fulmer wanted to be the king, so everything was around him. Everything he wanted a guy, you know, so that's why he hires Pruitt, you know. I mean, they turned down Ciano, you know. They turned him down. They had him, they didn't want him because they, they said they, they said <laughs> they didn't think it was a good hire. Imagine no, that. He would have taken clear. Burrow. He would have taken Burrow with him.
4: Let's be very clear about what happened, and this is modern times, what happened with Greg Schiano not going to Tennessee. Social media shut that down. That's right. That shut it down. Which That's is right. embarrassing. embarrassing. Greg Schiano would have right. won at Tennessee, 100%. How'd that work By out for way, him?
3: How'd that work out for
4: him? I mean, it's a ridiculous. By the way, I, I don't know if you're going to be up for it with you, Berman, Millie out there at Casa de Lombardi, but how about Baylor-BYU late night in oh. Provo?
3: It's a hell of a hard matchup, now. A hell of a matchup. Hard game, though. Playing altitude out there. Baylor. Going to be a challenge for them.
4: The elevation's legit. We'll talk about that game and more with
0: Jick Jack as he joins us next.
3: listening to The Lombardi Line on vSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, BetMGM, do you have a friend who loves sports betting as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 right now when you sign up through the BetMGM Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign up to your BetMGM account right now. Click on the Refer-A-Friend program. It's easy to find. And when you do, you send a message, invite him or her. You both get 50 bucks when they sign up. It's that easy. It's that simple. It's the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Okay, we got you back here. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. I have to tell you something Michael Lombardi said during the break because it's too funny. So Michael said that he made the crew Tuscan chicken last night. And I said, wait, you mean the queen, Millie, his wife, she made the Tuscan chicken. He said, no. She prepped it and did it all, but I put it in the pan. Like, what
3: the <laughs> hell? <laughs> That's all I had to do. It was like one stop. You know, it's like you could say I made it, but the reality of it is, is I I just was implementing the plan. That's all. You know, I
4: I got you. I got well, let's welcome in our good buddy, our partner, Jick Jack. Of course, Carl Johnson runs the race and sports book down at the Beau Rivage. Just one week ago, Michael Lombardi was there. It was a beautiful setup. I was asking you, Carl, as we say good morning to you. I was asking, is there a little bit of a hangover after the big guy left?
2: Yeah, yeah, I miss my buddy, man. You know, I was coming into work this morning, you know, and uh, I was thinking, you know, just last week uh, I, I had him here and uh, what an awesome experience. And, and look, you know, I, I was thinking about what, you know, like he's an hour difference in time. So I've got his routine down here. He's up at like 7.15 in the book. Uh, he's on that little computer there that he's got. and He's writing down notes in that notebook. So I figured about 8.15 his time, he was doing about the same thing at Borgata, drinking his black coffee.
3: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, you know, Carl, I had a a problem today. I had had, like detour traffic. They have this triathlon, so it was hard to get to the Borgata. I mean, you had to strategize a way to get around. I was a little bit late today, but I got here. It was good. I got the work done. I got to keep up with Patrick. You know, Patrick's doing a lot of homework on this show. You know how that goes.
2: (laughs) I know. You know, I don't think people realize how much work you guys put in off camera, it's it's amazing.
4: Well, Carl yeah, well, Johnson's I mean, a grinder. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, it is. Please.
2: but I th- I think uh,
3: for me the college game is, is something that you really got to put time because there's so many variables. You don't get an injury report. There's so many players transfers. That's why the betting guide t- for me, and that's why the weekly Veasan subscriber is so important because I read that. I go through it and it helps me handicap and get information because we're all in search of information, and those guides are so good to help us do that.
4: To get yeah. the guides, you got to become a VEASAN pro. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, let's get to this one. Carl Johnson, I woke up. It was 20 and a half, yeah. Bama laying it. We've gone through, at a couple of shops, the key number at Texas, of course, Alabama, 21 and a half. I see most shops sitting 21. Here's what I need from you. Where are you sitting at the bow? Also, first half number on this one, please, Carl.
2: Yeah, so uh, we opened at 20 and a half and 65. Uh, that number sat there pretty much all week. Uh, Patrick, you know and and look, we was inundated inundated from the start with Alabama money. And uh, right now we did go to twenty one overnight. Uh, we're at twenty one, sixty four and a half, and our first half number is at fourteen right now. Wow. And where do you think that number is gonna close uh, Carl? You, you know when I Mike when I first seen this number, you know I kind of said, man, that's you know that's that's a, I thought it was a little light. I thought that number would be 22, 23 and a half, uh, something like that. Uh, I actually think this number, I mean, we're at 85% handle, 85% tickets. I think this number goes uh, probably to 21 and a half, maybe 22.
4: Carl, yeah. nobody's sharper I, with the college football. Do you have a play on this one? Would you lay the wood with Bama today?
2: You know, Patrick, I I, uh, I think this game, I think I think Nick is, is going to, welcome texas to the sec i think i think he's gonna gonna show them the future of what they should expect um but at at any rate i don't like the the full game number here but i do like that first half number i i I like laying the 14 there
4: okay lay the 14 first half
2: I'm worried, Carl, about the
3: heat and humidity. I know Alabama practices in it, and I know it's hot. But I think the depth of both teams is going to. And that back, you're always three touchdowns. You're susceptible to a backdoor cover. I, I, I mean, I think Alabama wins. I, I don't doubt that. I just worry about that unless they get so far ahead. I mean, Texas has got to run the football, reduce the game. I mean, that's going to be the key. Texas yeah. has got to make this a 45-minute game because they they're not going to play 60 minutes against Alabama.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, with that being said, Mike, I think, you know, uh, maybe maybe folks should have a look at that under, uh, you know, I mean, just typical uh, Alabama, you know, if they get way up here first half, I think they'll lay off the gas a little bit, get some players out and play some other guys. Uh, you know, that, that's what he's typically done.
4: So, in Quinn Ewers, by the way, the five-star recruit there at Texas, transferred from Ohio State. He's 19 years old. He's making his second start against that Alabama defense. I'll lay it. I will lay the price with Alabama. Uh, we were just right. talking about Kentucky at Florida. Michael's boy, Billy Napier, doing a hell of a job, Carl, with that top ten win to kick off his career at Florida. Uh, little, so I think this number's a little steep, no? Florida's laying six. Where are you at the bow?
2: Yeah. So we, I, I heard you guys earlier, we actually opened this number uh, Florida four and a half, uh, early this week. Uh, we are at six and 51 and a half right now. Um, look, I love, I love Florida too. I, but let me say this. Um, you know, I think Kentucky is one of those teams I, I felt all year. I, I, I kind of studied that team a little bit. I think that they're underrated. I think people are not giving them a whole lot of respect. Um, It wouldn't surprise me that Florida wins this game, uh, but uh, I, I like Kentucky to play it close here.
3: I agree. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Kentucky won either, Carl. It really yeah. wouldn't. I think you've got a good defense. You're tough-minded. You've got a lot of guys back on defense. You were good last year. I think what Patrick talked about last, in the last segment, our, our, our tip, pro, pro betting tip, I think it's real. I mean, Utah, that was a, that was a grind. That was a hard game, and it's tough to battle. It's like when you play Baltimore in the NFL or you play Pittsburgh in the day, you play these physical teams, you're not the same team the next week no matter what happens.
2: Yeah, I bet that, that's a great point. I, I agree. Um, that was a tough physical game for Florida. Um, you know, Kentucky had it a little bit easier, but uh, this is going to be a good game. It's evenly bet here. It's been evenly bet all week, um, you know, and uh, and, you know, I just I think it's going to be a good one.
4: And listen, it's situational betting. It's just six days ago. These are 19 year old kids. They got to turn around yeah. and build that emotion back up. That's a tough spot for Florida with Kentucky, who's tough on defense, coming in to Gainesville. Um, next one on the board. Hey, Carl, can we do something a little different? I teased this on the way out. Can we go Baylor BYU? Because this is a very interesting 9 21 matchup with Baylor headed to BYU. Again, Baylor put a beat down on them last year, 38 24. They totaled 3- 534 yards. Michael and I were discussing Aranda's doing a hell of a job with that Baylor program where are you sitting with this late night clash in a uh, Provo
2: yeah I like this game this is actually one of the better games I think on the slate today um uh, we opened BYU three and 53 and a half uh right now it's uh two and a half 54 and a half uh we are getting some Baylor play down here um look I like Aranda I wish Aranda would have probably been you know I wish he would have yep. been the, the, the LSU, LSU. Coach. yeah yep. uh, so they're well coached um I think Baylor's going to uh, probably play pretty well in this game. I like Baylor in this game.
3: Yeah, I, I I think this is, you know, situationally, it looks bad for Baylor. Altitude, late night, all those things. But I think Aranda does. His teams are well coached. They're very good defensively. This is his recruiting class after the rule team last year. You know, they're going to run the ball, reduce the game, and I I think that their physicality, I think they're not typically a Big 12 school there at at Baylor. They're more of a – I think they're more of a southeast conference school. They really are. They're physical, and I I think that's going to be a problem for Baylor. I'd take the points at Baylor if it were me.
2: I like that. Uh,
4: I agree. We talked Tennessee, Pittsburgh. Let's do the Johnny Major special. You know Johnny Major's dick, Jack. Let's, uh, Let's get into this number. Pitt situation uh very contested come from behind win against west virginia here comes tennessee in that high-powered offense and hendon hooker uh, i've got six where are you sitting at the bow
2: yeah opened at seven and 66 and a half uh we are at six and that totals dropped down four points down to 62 and a half which is pretty interesting uh, especially with that tennessee offense uh so yeah i like tennessee here too i mean i, I don't know if uh Pitt can score enough against them to uh, to win this game. So, um, yeah, I would lean uh, Tennessee here. They are here. Here they are getting uh, 70% of the money with about 60% of the tickets.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be hard for Pitt. Unless Pitt can control the pace of this game, I think that this track meet just does not favor Pitt at all. I really don't. I think this is a hard game for Pitt because, they, they, to me, I, I thought they would be better last week against West Virginia defensively, and they, they weren't. Neil Brown exposed some things. I, I think Heupel will be able to do the same. I expect the track meet. I think Tennessee comes through.
4: That's, yeah. a Pitt, that's a new offense, pit. That's a new offense quarterback, obviously, Kadon Slovis. Pitt's trying to work in there. I, I agree with both of you. I do like Tennessee. Before we go, what's on the menu today, Carl?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to eat me a big old hamburger today, Patrick. But look, i gotta, I got I to gotta get this in. Uh, if you own a Vandy over ticket for the season wins, you got a chance to cash it right this week. How about that?
4: <laughs> How about right. that, Apple? Hey, the yeah. podcast is one more. If you stop by, Love he'll it. take a picture with you. He's the legend. He's Chick Jack Johnson on Twitter. Carl Johnson. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate Thanks, Carl. you.
3: appreciate you. All Matt Humans right, right. next. Hey, good luck.
0: At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar—whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. is uncanny usa
1: he says somebody's in the house and i screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?